Hi there, this is Jen Lawrence, and you're listening to The Workplace Edit, a podcast for people development professionals, HR executives, and business owners who want to make work a better place to be. On this podcast, we talk about ways to address the talent gap, tackle reluctance to return to the office, deal with employee retention, burnout, discrimination, and other workplace issues, all with a trauma-informed lens. Welcome. Hey there, it's Jen. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Workplace Edit. I took the last month off to travel a little. It was uh, March break in Canada, so I had a little trip to New York and Miami. And I also had to prepare my house for sale. I'm going to be moving into the city this summer and so had to do all the staging and cleaning and all that good stuff. And um, I've got to say, selling a house in a roller coaster market um, brought up a lot of old memories about selling a home back in 2008 after the financial crash. Now, between that point and this point, I have sold some other houses successfully. But, um, you know, trauma is something that lives in our brains. And when we are reminded of it, those same feelings tend to come to the forefront. So I'm in my hotel in New York, I'm staying in Midtown, and it's right by the Black Rock offices. And, uh, the you know, hotel has a breakfast space and a lot of the guys seem to be in there conducting meetings. Um, and they were talking about the Silicon Valley bank crash because it had just happened, I think it was the day before. And, you know, hearing all of the talk of, you know, crashes and recession and all this stuff, it just really brought up 2008. And um, I noted, you know, now that I do trauma-informed business thinking, how it was really coloring my thinking. Like I was starting to think, you know, do I call the real estate agents and get it on earlier? Do I call them and say I want to delay? Um, And none of this had anything to do with the carefully crafted strategy that we had come up with. It was really just me being reactive to the memory of something that had happened years before. And so it reminded me how really all of our lived experiences impact how we view current events. And, you know, I really had to make a concerted effort to recognize that the anxiety I was feeling was not stemming from real events. In fact, you know, I came home, we had the house on the market, I got the first offer in a couple hours after it listed, you know, it sold easily um, the next day. And so, you know, All the things we had strategized about came to fruition, but that didn't mean that I wasn't still thinking from that old place of 2008 trauma where there was not only the financial crisis, but a lot of, you know, personal stuff going on in my life that made that a rather difficult time. And so it was just a really good reminder for me, um, you know, working with clients that it can be really hard to get into that critical thinking brain, even when we know factually that things are okay. So, you know, trauma really does shape the way that we interact with the world and influences a lot of work decisions. You know, in this case, like selling a house is a business decision at the end of the day. It's a personal decision, but it is a business decision. Um, And so, you know, it was just a really good reminder to, uh, I guess, practice what I preach. So um, I did some, you know, 
reading and relaxing over the holidays. One of the things I did was I read uh, Paris Hilton's memoir that just came out. And then last evening, I watched HBO's Succession. It kicked off season four. And both the memoir and the series Succession, you know, touch on trauma and how trauma impacts business and business empires in particular. So I wanted to focus this episode on really how we can see trauma and workplace trauma at work in the HBO series and also in Paris Hilton's book. So there won't be any spoilers. Um, You know, I don't want to spoil season four for anybody, so there's not going to be any specifics. But I did want to just look at how these two characters um, and Logan Roy of Succession and Paris Hilton, you know, Paris has talked about how she is a persona in a lot of ways how trauma has impacted their empires in very, very different ways. So if you watch Succession, um, you'll likely know that it's about the life of Logan Roy. He's a kind of King Lear figure. He's the CEO of Waystar Royco. And it follows the life of him and then his very dysfunctional adult children. And throughout the series, we see how Logan's past traumas have shaped both his personal and his professional behavior. Because as CEO, you know, and we see this all the time in the news cycle, um, when CEOs are driven by personal trauma, it can really leave these great wakes of destruction for their employees and for shareholders and for other individuals that, you know, interact with the companies. So because work is really just a collective of people, when people bring their traumas to work, it can have a very big impact. So in the case of the fictional show Succession, Logan's father was an abusive alcoholic. We know that his childhood has left Logan with deep physical and emotional scars, and that he really carries that with him into his adult life. Um, You know, we see that with sort of strings of marriages. He's very critical and distant with his children. And his leadership style at work is characterized by ruthlessness and a lack of empathy. He's probably the least empathetic, you know, character on television. He traumatizes almost everyone with whom he interacts, um, personally and professionally. So through Logan and his relationship with his kids and his employees, because we, you know, get to know the the characters in in the C-suite, we can see how trauma can lead to distrust and inability to form healthy relationships. Um, These people are always, you know, politicking and you know, stabbing each other in the back. Um, No one seems to have a healthy relationship. And we see the trauma because trauma often strips away our sense of control and our power, our personal power. We're often very powerless in a traumatic situation. Um, When we're dealing with trauma, it can lead to a desire for control and power as a means of protecting ourselves from further harm. But when that takes place, in business, particularly with, you know, CEOs and families that own major enterprises, you know, that control and power dynamic can actually become quite harmful. So in the case of the Roy family, we see the family making these trauma-driven business decisions, um, often leaving the company in a, you know, bad position. Um, And we also see a lot of employees subjected to abuse and other forms of harm. And again, you know, when you look at the news cycle and you look at the kinds of organizations that 
you know, fire really long-term dedicated employees over text or simply, you know, revoke their computer rights or their passwords. You know, often you'll also see, I think, evidence of trauma in the C-suite. Um, and I think that, you know, people who are very much concerned with grasping a lot of power, it is often because there's a deficiency elsewhere. Um, I do Myers-Briggs type indicator that's based in Jungian psychology. And, you know, Jung said that there's this sort of, when, when there isn't enough love, there tends to be a lot of power seeking. And I think very often we see that in business. And so again, having that trauma-informed sense, when you see people grasping for power or grasping for control, often you can think, well, does this have a trauma element to it? Um, and in the case of someone you work for, it might make you want to go find a job with somebody else. In the case of people who work for you, um, you know, perhaps you can have some compassion and say, are they acting this way because they're truly insubordinate? Or are they acting this way because they're fearful? Maybe they fear losing their jobs. Maybe they feel like they don't have any control over their work environment and they're seizing control in other dysfunctional ways. So it can just be useful to have that lens. Now, not always does it have to be destructive. Now, I've seen a lot of cases in real life. I you know, worked with a family very similar to the Roy's in succession and saw the familial dynamics wreak havoc on business deals. Um, but it doesn't have to be. And I think, you know, Paris Hilton's memoir, and again, it's a memoir written by her, so it's through her lens. And I'm sure there are people that would agree with it and others who would disagree with it. But certainly in reading her memoir, it looks like her own trauma has actually had a more positive impact on her business. So, you know, she had traumatic experiences from childhood. She's spoken very publicly about the, you know, all sorts of abuses she suffered while attending a boarding school for so-called, you know, troubled teens, this troubled teen industry that exists and had these very abusive and dysfunctional boarding schools. And that experience left her with deep emotional scars. And she talks in the book about how, you know, her business success has been a means of coping with her trauma. So when she was, you know, locked away, basically in solitary confinement in a very ugly and uncomfortable space, um, she dreamt of a world of fashion and beauty and fragrance and art. And she'd been exposed to a lot of that because she is a Hilton after all. Um, and so she really mentally created this beautiful future for herself. And just thinking about creating that world, you know, really helped her endure the abuse until she could, you know, get away from it. She also made a commitment at this time that she would be financially successful. She, you know, her parents were the ones who um, put her in this school. She didn't want to feel like she was financially dependent on anybody. And so she had this commitment to build a brand and be financially successful so that she wouldn't feel powerless again. And I think in that way, you know, she's similar to Logan Roy uh, and to a lot of folks who want to be successful in business. It's a way to insulate yourself from a loss of control or future trauma. Um, but, you know, I think that's where the similarities end. 
Um, you know, for her, she really wanted to create a world where people felt safe and happy. And, you know, when she's DJing parties and she really tries to create this, you know, inclusive environment now, um, because she knows there are a lot of traumatized folks in the world and she wants to create spaces of joy. Um, and she's been able to monetize that. So she's been almost the polar opposite to Logan Roy in that she wants to create a world where people can heal from trauma and where people can feel safe and accepted. You know, Logan, on the other hand, in succession, acts like a complete tyrant, where his way of getting power is to try to strip power away from other people rather than to empower other people. So, you know, I think it these both the show and the memoir show that deeply embedded trauma um, really impacts personal and professional lives. And the more, I guess, power and control we have in the workforce, the more that tends to ripple out to other people. Um, you know, if you have one manager in a company whose trauma is spilling out onto the employees, it's obviously going to affect those employees in that department. When you have someone who has created a business that hire, you know, that employs tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people around the globe, um, that trauma can spill out in a lot of very harmful ways. It can spill out in terms of, you know, having policies that are not friendly to the climate or, you know, having discrimination in the business, um, having an environment of bullying. So the more powerful someone is, the more important it is that they address their trauma. And again, sometimes, um, you know, if you're, say, an HR person and you can't necessarily control what it is that the CEO does, it may be making a choice to leave that organization. Or you can decide that within your own department, you can help folks address their own traumas and you can try to reduce harm as much as possible to give people a better working life. So, you know, whether we're media moguls or celebrity entrepreneurs, business owners, HR leaders, or frontline staff, those experiences with trauma will impact how we work. And I think the important thing, especially if you're an HR professional or a business owner, is to have awareness of your own trauma and where that shows up at work. So if you're feeling anxious around a situation or if an employee seems to be rubbing you the wrong way, you know, having sort of building in the practice to pause and think like, where is this feeling coming from? You know, just as I was sitting in that breakfast room thinking like, oh, I better do something different with this house sale. It's like, where is that coming from? That's not coming from the current state of things or from the facts of the real estate deal. That's coming from me feeling like I'm back in 2008 and the sky is falling. And so, you know, having that awareness that, hey, maybe this isn't, you know, current me thinking like this. Maybe this is, you know, a past version of me thinking of this. It can just give you that little bit of space to um, become aware of where is this thought pattern coming from? And then, you know, you can do some deep breathing or you can go for a walk. You can work on things with a mental health professional. You can journal. You know, there are ways that you can heal the trauma, but at work, it's just taking that moment to say, like, where is this coming from? Um, and is this sort of current facts or is this feeling coming from some place in the past? 
And just having that awareness can make a very big difference to your work life and the work life of other people, the people with whom you interact. So, you know, trauma is part of being human, but the way you handle it at work, um, you have a choice in that. So you can be like Logan Roy and decide to sort of spread the trauma to as many people as possible around you as a way of seizing power and control. Or you can take the Paris Hilton approach and decide that, you know, you're really going to try to create some places of healing and opportunity and, you know, making the workplace a, a safe space for other people and actually use some of that trauma to build something beautiful. So Again, this is not a, um, a podcast where we're trying to create mental health professionals or to solve all of trauma. That's a much bigger issue, but it is important to see how it shows up at work and how it might be impacting your decision-making process. Um, and so, you know, I would just invite you to um, layer that trauma-informed lens onto your critical thinking process um, and just see if that makes work a little bit of a better place for yourself and for others. Um, for more on this, you can find uh, us at processdesignconsultants.com. We have a blog, it connects to all our social media. And now that the house is sold and March break is over, I will be back next Monday for more content on trauma-informed business thinking. I hope you have a fabulous week until then. Take care.